Hi guys, Wendy here. Welcome to the Healthy and Thriving Career Moms podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration and motivation for thriving with your healthy habits, especially in the midst of the crazy mum juggle. I get that you're busy and that taking time for you is not always easy, but I'm here to help. So let's jump in. Hello, lovely, and welcome to today's bonus episode, How to Get Your Kids to Listen. As a health and wellness coach who specializes in supporting mums, in particular working mums, to go from burnt out to actually enjoying their everyday life, one of the things that I'm so often speaking to my clients about is the burnout and the stress that comes with parenting, because it's not something that people teach you how to do. And so when you're trying to juggle all the things that as working mums have to juggle, and then your kids aren't listening to you, and you're trying to get out the door in the morning or trying to get stuff done, you just want to lose your mind. So inevitably comes the bribery, the shouting, all the stuff. We start shooting on ourselves. We shouldn't do that. All the mum guilt kicks in. It's just really not a great place to be, (laughs) which is why I invited Camilla Miller from Keeping Your Cool Parenting into my Healthy and Thriving Career Mums Facebook community last week to talk to us about how to get kids to listen. And in this interview, which I'm about to share, she's shared these three incredible steps on what to do. And it was literally game changing. And the feedback that I've had on this masterclass has been so incredible that I knew immediately I had to turn this into a podcast episode ASAP. So this is what we're about to tune into is last week's masterclass. But before we do that, do make sure that you go and join a Healthy and Thriving Career Moms Facebook group. The link is in the show notes, or you can just search for it in Facebook. And I hope you get so much value from today's episode. It has been a game changer for me already in my parenting these last few days, and I'm sure it will be the same for you. Hi, Camilla. So happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. I know you've got some fantastic information that you want to share with us today, but just before we get into that, Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your story, your parenting story? Yes. No, I would love to because yeah, my kids, my son just turned 15 last week. He's now taller than me. And my daughter is 13 in April. And when I had my son, he was the most laid back baby. He didn't have any tantrums, never cried. He was just so compliant. And I actually thought I was the most epic parent. Yes. It's so easy. I was like, what's everyone fussing about? Because he literally, he slept on cue and, and he was just so easy. I was like, what's it, what are you fussing about? And then my daughter came along and then it was like, bam, like she used to have like the biggest tantrums, like foam at the mouth and she would listen. She literally said like the witch had come. She took over family life. I was fighting with my husband over the best way to discipline her. My mother used to tell me just to lock her in the bedroom and, and um, figure about her for a while. And just nothing, nothing worked. And I, end, I remember the, uh, going to bed, feeling that I was coming down with the flu and just realized I'd been shouting all day and didn't realize that, yes, I was just stuck in that cycle of stress, like nothing was working. And, and I how old was she when this was going on? About three, four, up to about that age, to about that age. And I remember when she was four, I remember having this, this is my epiphany. I was, remember her dragging around in the supermarket. She just had another meltdown. I was like, I, I think I had to leave like, the trolley of food because it was just like, I was mortified. Like one wanted the earth to swim. Everyone's looking at you. Everyone's looking like, at me. Oh. And she's like, this daughter screaming. And I remember dragging her out of the supermarket, holding her a bit too tight under the arm, like trying to drag her out. 
And I remember thinking, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. That was my thought in my mind was I'm going to win. And I was thinking of all the things I was going to do to her when I got home, like she was going to cancel play dates and she wasn't going to watch TV for a month and all the horrible things I was going to do to her to pay her back for having a meltdown at supermarket. And the, the epiphany was like, oh my God, if I'm winning, then she's losing. And it was the first moment I suddenly realized that why am I fighting with my daughter? Like we're on the same team. And that was the turning point for me to realize there had to be another way. I was feeling like there was something wrong with me, like I was trying the naughty step and taking things away and all the raw charts and nothing was working. So I was, started thinking that it was something wrong with me, like obviously, mm. or there was something wrong with my daughter, like she's the devil child and she's defiant and there was something wrong with her. And wasn't, it was just this model that I think so many of us grow up with, which is like the win-lose paradigm. You know, which is, it is the reward and punishment, isn't it? It's the, if we're not in charge, this is the thing I was thinking in those days, like if I'm not controlling my daughter, then she's winning. Yes. Or if, if she's having a meltdown, then I have to give up. That is so true. Cause I find myself slipping into those patterns even now where I'll be like, like just you saying that, I I think I'll say to my husband, like, she will not win. because you I suppose you grow up with this and certainly like our generation it was shifting out of that but I suppose our parents generation was that children must be seen and not heard so we came along we kind of started to come a little bit out of that but we still we do as parents what we saw being done to us oh 100% or we do the complete opposite or we don't want to be shouted and punished so we go way past our boundaries and we we don't and we don't have any boundaries and the kids are ruling the roost and then we hate it and then we swing completely the other way and lose our plot because we are we aren't honoring ourselves but i think there'll be a lot of realize there's win-win there'll be a lot of moms listening to this right now that are like yep that's my life this is exactly what i'm living right and can i just address the point and this is me with sort of my health coach hat on but i feel like there comes all the shame and the guilt, the mum guilt. Oh, the mum guilt is a killer. But then the shame and almost like, how do you, who do you talk to about this? Like who can mm. teach you this? Who can help you with this? Because somehow we're just supposed to be expected to parent. But no, no one teaches us it. No one teaches us. That's the thing with me. I, I didn't know there was another way. Like no one, you know, when we say we've tried everything, the only the everything we've tried is only the everything we know. And I want to address the guilt thing mm. as a parent. Is because guilt is actually a good thing. Guilt means that you want something different for your family. There are plenty of families that don't give a, a crap about shouting at their kids. Yes, they don't. They they don't care. That's not on their radar. Yet. So if you feel guilty about that, that means you want something more for your family. That's actually a good thing. Oh, That's that. that means that you are a great parent because you want something different. So guilt is actually a good catalyst to change. Guilt is letting you know. Yes, guilt is letting you know. I want to find another way. This isn't working. So guilt is good. Guilt only becomes shame if we don't do anything about the guilt. And then we think we're wrong. Like when I was stuck in that cycle, I was thinking there's something wrong with me, which turned to shame. But only because I was thinking it was about me, not about the tools I was using. So no one likes to be controlled. So when we're stuck in that cycle, I used to think, oh my God, if only my daughter would listen, I wouldn't shout. That was my thought. If only my daughter would listen, I wouldn't shout. And I was blaming her. And she was thinking, if only mommy didn't shout, I would listen. So <laughs> well, you're just in this complete struggle, aren't you? Constantly. And yes. I'm just I'm just looking on the chat. So if anybody 
resonates with what we're talking about there, please, you know, feel free to add your comments or maybe you want to share, like, do you resonate with the mum guilt or, yeah, I just think that's so relevant, like, and just so empowering. It is because you get to decide what you want. Guilt is, you know, when we look at guilt, guilt is, it's either guilt that we want something different, which you can really ask yourself, like with your coaching, what do you want? Or guilt is kind of like leftover from our childhood, like we should, like we should do it all, or oh, we should do yeah. that. Yes, shooting, shooting on ourselves as much. Yes, we should, and we should be able to raise well-behaved, beautiful children who sit and eat their food and do all the things. But at the end of the day, and I think someone posted in our healthy and thriving career moms community today that. And I just love that they get down at their child's level and really ju- try to understand, like, from their point yes. of view, how they yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, so you had this epiphany and you realise if, if I'm winning, she's losing. So then how did you go on this journey to where you are now and actually teaching parenting? Yes. So I started reading loads of books and websites and stuff. And I, I signed up to become a parent coach in, in a, a company in London. And it took me five days and it was like, there you go, your parenting coach. And for me, that wasn't enough because it was like, okay, I had all their workbooks, but five days wasn't enough. So I, and then there's a few things that didn't resonate with me as well with, with how, how they explain things and how, how they saw things. And I came across this website called Language of Listening, which just spoke to me so amazingly. The lady that started it, Sandy Blackard, she'd really cracked the code of how humans work. She's taken... Really, it is how humans work, not just your kids, but how you work. You really understand like why you would shout. And it's so compassionate. It's like I understood exactly why I was shouting, why it made perfect sense. Like everything you do makes perfect sense, even whether yeah. even if you don't like it, even if you don't like your kids' behavior, it still makes sense. And she's consolidated transformational coaching, play therapy, and yeah, and play therapy into a three-step coaching model that is easy to use but just works. And what is so amazing is that it changes, it changes how you see the world. So when you change how you see the world, when you change how you see your child's behavior, when you change how you see your role as a parent, your reactions automatically change. It's that quote, when you change how you see the world, everything changes. Yes. And it really is like that. It's like this light bulb goes on and like you will never see things differently. Okay. Um, and it's three steps. It's really easy to remember. And it, it, instead of you having to control your child's behavior, you are on their side as their life coach. So you are rooting for them. You're bringing out their strengths. So you're raising children who know their self-worth, know how to get what they want, know how to find solutions to their problems, know how to get their needs met, all within your boundary. I was so, going to say, because if, the minute you say, like, know how to get what they want, immediately your heckles go up and you're like, no, but then they'll just want junk food and iPad. And, but they like, can still want it. Say, like, Here's the thing. This is where our mind goes. It's so funny because our mind goes like that. Goes so do connotation rather than, well, all any human being, I feel, maybe this is really simplistic, but I just feel like all any human being really wants is to feel content. Like, I know we talk about, let's be the best version of ourselves. Yeah. Or like, I want to be so happy. And it's like, actually, people just want to be content. Yes. Yeah. And, and like, kids, and like kids are humans and they know different. We want, we, you know, what we want to raise humans who know what they want, because what they, what, what we want and what we like is really the essence of who we are. Yes. So if we're always denied what we want, or we're told that we're silly for wanting it, or we, you know, 
we don't know who we are. We become adults who don't know who we are. We just think we have to please other people in our life. <laughs> this is where it starts. So we have to like, so if you are a, well, I'm a recovering people pleaser for sure. So if you're one of those people pleasing people, then it starts in the childhood and we develop that self-esteem around you to ask and communicate for what you want. Okay, so please tell me you're going to teach us this framework. Yes, I want to teach you this framework. Yes. Okay, because I've got some comments here, like from people that I, I just know, like personally are so frustrated. So Helen's just saying, yeah, the guilt is painful and the frustration of not dealing with the situations better. Yes, yes. So the three steps, it always starts with something. The first step is the step of connection, which is, and it's the, it starts with a neutral observation about what is happening. It's actually something called, something we say, say what you see. Say what you see. Say what you see. It takes you out of judgment because so much of the time we start an interaction with our children about what we think has happened or what we want to happen or a direction or a praise. Mm. And our kids see the world so differently than we do. And so when you start with say what you see, you know, for example, I was so sure I could see my daughter not listening or I could see misbehavior. Actually, you can't see not listening. It doesn't exist. Yes. So isn't that true? It doesn't exist. Uh, I'm always like, have you got your listening ears on? Like when I teach my little rainbows group on a Monday, I'm like, let's put our listening ears on. <laughs> but when, when you start with and say what you see, it gets you out of judgment. So say what you, instead of saying you're not listening, it's like you're busy playing, you're really in the moment, you're lining your trucks up just how you want them, or you're putting everything in order, you know, you're so organized, so we'll go straight on to the strengths, yes, we'll bring out, we connect them to their greatness. So you're automatically connecting, and when kids don't feel defensive, because if you go, you know, you're not listening, straight away they're defensive, aren't they? It's so and true. We, Imagine someone just walked up to you as an adult in the street and was like, you're not listening, and you'd be like, oi! Oh, yeah. And so they're already defensive. And you don't want to listen to someone who's just pointed out your fault. Accusing you of not listening or whatever. Yeah. So the say what you see is that, and it's neutral observation. And we start with the say what you see, you know, what your child is doing, saying, feeling, or thinking. And there's lots of examples, but it really does change how you see something. Okay. And then we have two steps of the guidance steps. So instead of seeing behavior as right or wrong, good or bad, which we tend to do, Behavior is neither good or bad. It's just an expression of our emotions and our reactions. And our kids react to us. It's not just their behavior doesn't happen in a vacuum. They're also reacting to us. So that's why when we change how we show up, they automatically change. But then we have two steps. We have a step called we see something we like, we point out a strength. Just think of a strength as praise in a new way. It's not about us. A lot of praise is about, I like the way you just did that. Yes. Or we, you know, praise the good. Like we're raising people, raising children whose sole purpose is to please us. It's not. Yes. So it's not because we, you know, we say this, you know, we show attention and show connection when they're pleasing us. And then when they're not pleasing us, we ignore them. Yes. It's very manipulative. Yeah. It is very weird, but, but a lot of it, traditional parents very manipulative. It's all about controlling our kids. It is. And bribing so, them and cajoling them and bending them to your will. Yeah, and so that's not how relationships work in the future. We don't want our kids to be controlled. So if we're using that model, then we're teaching them that's the model. When someone doesn't do something I like, then I can ignore them or be mean to them. So you think like when obviously my daughter's not listening and I'm like, I'm going to take away your iPad time or I'm going to take your stars away on the reward would, would that Would that encourage her to want to listen to you? Someone did that to me. I wouldn't want to listen to them. 
they might do it under duress, but they're not doing it because you're yeah, building a relationship. Well, like she goes, mm, and then she. Yes, like, so, but it's actually eroding the relationship. I don't want to lose her stickers, but I'm yes. like, I've won. She's lost. But you're, yeah, but she's doing it out of resentment. She's not building I that. No, it's not, just like a light bulb is switching in my brain right now. So for me, when she's not listening, I would go and say, hmm, it looks like you're busy doing something. Like you like finishing what you started. That's a great strength to know about yourself. Yeah, so you can, you can start with the strength, point that out. Like you're not ready to finish. And it's dinner time. I'm wondering how you can finish up and come for dinner. Can you see that you're already on her side trying to find a solution? The boundary of dinner doesn't change because it's dinner time. Because you're not coming in the demanding and, and you know, and trying to coerce her. She's on, you're together trying to, you're on her side trying to find a solution. So she might say to you, hey, mommy, I just want to finish this page or I just want to finish this bit of the Lego. Or, and you can then decide, is that, is that okay with you or not okay with you? And then you're working together to find that solution. She feels heard. She feels validated. She feels what she wants matters. You're going to listen to someone who, <laughs> who values you. Yeah, yes. absolutely. If, if you feel valued and you feel understood and you feel connected, you're automatically going to want to listen. So she's automatically going to want to listen to you. She cares what you think because you care what she thinks. So that's really the model, how that works. And, and it's, it's so simplistic, but I suppose, again, it's just all those overriding neural pathways of just how we were brought up. And it was like, you are told what to do and you listen because uh, what, I'm the other. I said so. <laughs> I said so. You have to listen to me. Why? And yeah, that's just such a breath of fresh air. So I'm writing this down. So say what you see, highlight a strength. Yes. So the strength is really, this is the quickest way we can change our child's behavior because we all act according to who we believe we are. So what I love about language of listening is that it has these three core principles to say what you see, the strengths and the candies, and it comes with these, these four principles. So with the strength, it's like children act according to who they believe they are. So when you point out a strength, they automatically change their behavior because that's how they see themselves. So I'm, I'm a person who can find solutions. I like finishing what I start. These are all strengths that your child will base their future actions on and their future inner voice becomes that rather than, oh, I've got it wrong again. You know, mommy's just going to take my stickers away. Yes, it's like, oh, I like starting up. <laughs> I want to finish yeah. what I started or I'm so, a problem solver. I can get what I need within the boundary. So you're, then, you're raising children that you can think and find solutions. I'm absolutely loving this. I'm going to be trying this the minute my daughter wakes up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about, so a typical situation for a mom the time you're watching the clock, you know you need to get out the door for school in 10 minutes. Otherwise, you're going to be late. She is my daughter. Someday she gets pretty brilliantly. She can dress herself, do everything herself, brush her teeth like I'm in awe. Other days, la, 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 playing with all the things, totally distracted. And then you're just like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> so how would you, like you can feel the stress rising in you now because you can't be late because you know, then she'll get in trouble. What, you know, so how in that situation, like it's all lovely and when you've got time and you can sort of, oh, you know, but like in practical terms, like what would you do yes. in that situation? Well, to be honest, is don't try and convince her. A lot of the time in these situations is we go into convince mode and we give all the reasons why she needs to hurry up. And yeah, because I why she needs to like, oh, you're going to be the last in your class or the other one I do, which is terrible. I'm like, because she's got a little bestie up the road and I'll be like, I'm just going to beat you to school. <laughs> 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 to try and get her moving. <laughs> 
Yes, comes back. Yes, it's, it is frustrating. And there's some days, I'm not going to kid, there's some days you just have to get through these situations as quickly as possible because that's all we can do in those moments is get through the tricky situations. It's when things happen continually, the same thing, then it would come back and you would find a can do, you'd find solutions that would work for you in those moments. The thing is with the boundary is don't try and convince your children to have the same boundaries. Your kids have a different agenda than you do yes don't try to like get them to okay, like she's she's doing her makeup in the mirror like she tells me makeup i'm air quoting yeah. you're listening to this <laughs> and so <laughs> she's not dressed we have got five minutes what am i saying to her you, you know i would say say what you see is make her right like you just want to finish your makeup you just want to you you really want to finish what you're doing my and not, my five-year-old daughter does not wear makeup just to, okay well, what do you mean? What she thinks she does she thinks she's putting makeup on okay so she thinks she does so you could connect in that way and then you would go straight to the can-do you see kids really are motivated by what they want but also to find solutions rather than getting stuck in trying to get her to want to come it is moving forward quickly okay. to find those solutions as quickly as possible you want to finish your makeup how can we get that how can you finish what you're doing? And at the same time, we've got to leave the house and you're getting ready to leave the house. This is the psychology that I work with my clients on. I'd be like, it's that age old. So you've highlighted what the ideal outcome is. It's like the whole thing we say, don't think about a pink elephant. Do not think about a pink elephant. And I bet you all that you're thinking about right now is a big pink elephant. So it's that positive psychology. So rather than highlighting the thing you don't want them to do, so like, need to get ready so we're not late all her brain is thinking oh we're gonna be late you know it's like it's focusing on the negative it's the same with like golfers you're like don't hit it in the water don't hit it in the water that's what you're saying in your brain and guess what your ball goes in the water yes. but actually, if you go if you go and get it on the green get it on the green that's where your mind the pos- so I think it's the same thing so when you're saying so how can we get you to finish up your makeup so that we can yes age school on time you see on your on your side also I want to say that your mind does play tricks so when you are really stressed and you want to get into bed or out the door on time, your brain is like, how's this going to happen? Your brain wants a plan. So your brain is thinking of how it's going to happen. And what it's already, already catastrophizing. So I'm getting yes. late. And that means I'm going to miss my first call. And then and his moms were like, all the things in our brain are imploding. And our day is crumbling before our very eyes. All because our toddler won't finish putting her makeup, air quotes, on like in the morning, can anyone resonate with what I'm saying? Yes. And what happens is then you see our need for power is really high. Yes. Because in that moment, we don't, we feel completely out of control oh. in that moment. We have no idea how it's going to work, turn out. So what we tend to do is what gets, what's a big hit of power? Shouting at our kids, threatening our kids because that bam, a bit quit. Quick threat, yes, we get we feel a bit more empowered. It's like that dopamine hit where we're like, yeah, I'm back, yeah, in, I'm like, yeah, back yeah. in control. Yes, but what happens? I want to say what happens if you have that thought is we are going to leave on time. It's just non-negotiable. It's just going to happen. When we show up with that energy and our kids know that, we should we show up with a different energy. We're not stressed and our kids can smell it when we're Oh, they do pick up on it. So So, if you just have that thought, we are going to leave. We are going to leave. You will find solutions. I promise you, you do. (laughs) So I've got a question here from Helen, who says, "Any ideas on how to improve the leaving of like the beach slash playground slash party situation?" (laughs) How old is a child? Happy fun places. How old is a child? So I'm thinking this is um, well. Both Mm -hmm. Helen's got two children, and one of them's four, and one of them's six. The six-year-old is very spirited. 
So leaving a place, that's a transition step. Yes, a lot of kids find it very difficult changing from one place to another. So I would actually in that, in, uh, give him a can-do, which is we're leaving in, in however long it is. What's the one thing you want to do before you leave? So put him in charge of choosing one thing to do. Yes. So one is helping him feel get, get a bit of power, meet his need for power within the can-do, as long as it's okay with you. Okay, I love that. And two is that is your role is in language we have something called success training, which really is a hallmark of language. Listen, it's success training is where you are supporting your child. Think about it. Your child leaving, he has to learn to feel disappointment. He has to learn how to handle his emotions. He has to learn how to feel successful. So when you're you're holding the boundary, you're helping him meet his needs within the boundary. We also supporting your child to learn those big emotions. It's okay that your child's upset. Your child doesn't have to be happy about it. Okay, it's not your goal. This, this is I'm allowed this is to be upset. I feel like we just need to talk about quickly because this is something. Oh, and I wish I could remember where I read it the other day, and it was an absolute light bulb for me that as a mother, we are not responsible for our children being happy all the time. No. Let me just say that again. As a mother, it is not our responsibility to make our children happy all the time yeah yeah I was like oh okay yeah that's a good point because we are so consumed with making our children's lives as easy and as happy and as stress-free and as wonderful as possible but actually they need to learn to lean into the uncomfortable emotions and get through them because otherwise what happens if you constantly fix your children one they push back because nobody wants to be fixed. And people want to feel, they want to feel their emotions. It's okay to feel sad because if, you, if you're trying to fix it, you're saying that it's wrong to feel sad, so then they feel wrong. But if your sole purpose is to make your kids happy, you are actually raising an adult who won't be happy. Because if you think about it, yeah, it's really true. It actually has the opposite effect because to think to be a happy adult, you have to learn how to navigate life. You have to learn to find, you are going to have problems. We don't know what the future holds for your kids. So what I love about language of listening is it raises kids, not only do they know their self-worth, they know what they want, they know how to find solutions to get what they want within your boundaries. And holding boundaries is actually a great opportunity for personal growth because they're learning self-control, they're learning to adapt, and they're learning huge amounts, you know, how to work with people, how to come up with solutions, all things that are actually going to help them be successful happy adults and if you were trying to make your kids happy the whole time it's one it's exhausting two it can't be done it's an illusion and it's exhausting it is exhausting as a parent thinking your role is to make other people happy but I do believe it starts in childhood because if you think if you raise children with the praise model that is what you're doing you're saying I am giving you my attention for pleasing you yes so we look outside ourselves for validation like like yes and if we're, they're not getting praise from us and validation, you know, from, from us growing up, then they're going to look to their peers later rather than inside intrinsically. What do they want? What do they Oh, like? my gosh. And like, that is just such a key point because I often think having a five-year-old and I went for a walk with a friend today and she's got a 16-year-old and I was just, she was talking about like navigating that now and how hard that is. And I was just like, I am so scared of 
doing team, I mean, my team years were hard enough and angst told enough and anxiety inducing enough without social media. So how on earth am I going to support my daughter through that? But what you just said was this a model. You know, my daughter is 13 in April. She came to me when she was last, during one of the lockdowns, we went for a walk together. And she's, and she's, she's got crazy, like, Brian May hair. She's not like a typical 12-year-old. <laughs> and she said, you know, mommy, I just love my style. I just love what I wear. And she's 12. And I was just like, oh. Oh, my God. And she bases her decisions on the music she likes, who she is. And, yeah, but, and I think that this way there's nothing to rebel against because you're not trying to control them. If you're controlling your kids as teenagers, as young kids, when they get to teenagers, they're like, well, you know, stick your finger up. I'm not going to listen to you. I don't care what you think. So this way you actually, they know their self-worth. They don't have to get it from their peers. And, you know, whatever life throws, they can handle it. That's what I love about language of listening. Is yeah, that well, that's, that's it. And I think if anything, you think, well, what's my motivation for adopting this now? It's like, well, actually, it's the children that you're preparing for the future. So, oh my goodness, imagine. So your daughter's 13 now this epiphany, three to four years old, you started this journey, like, and now you, your daughter has that self-worth. And that's just, that's so inspiring to me because mm. I'm at the age now where I feel like we're hitting that crucial time where I feel like those first few years of being a parent, your job is just really to be, keep them alive. You know, you yes. hold them, they just do what you say. They just, now it's the boundary testing and it's like the oh my goodness, now I'm actually going to have to parent. Like I'm actually going to have to, you know, teach my child what to do here. This is like exhausting. And I think that's the thing that becomes so overwhelming and anxiety and stress inducing for for moms, especially if you're trying to work, if you being, especially single mom, whether you're married and maintaining a relationship, what, you know, being a friend, doing all the things that we have to do. And then when your kids are not listening on top of that, it's just, Crazy. And that's when we go off on the wrong path. We yeah. do. When we feel powerless in a situation and things aren't going to plan, what we do as humans is that we blame another person or we blame our circumstances rather than actually coming back to this is a situation. What can you do with it? That's why the can do's are so. They, I was going to say, and also say what you see. So when we find ourselves spiraling, it's like, say what you see. Yeah, get you back into the moment. It does. Get you back, it, it gets you back this into has the moment. been absolutely like amazing, amazing, oh, amazing, amazing. You. And I knew it would be. I knew it would help. I mean, the comments coming through, like Helen was saying, thank you so much for that tip about the beach and playground oh, and leading situation. She's absolutely going to try that. That's amazing. So I just want to thank you so much. I know that your sort of the primary way that you help people is through parenting one-to-one coaching sessions which obviously is so nice because then you can really get to like the root of what their situation is and give examples like it's difficult in a group environment because everyone's got different things so actually if you feel like because again we're not taught this stuff if you feel like you need that one-to-one coaching session with Camilla to be like right this is what's going on right now help me like it's almost like a not even a power hour, an empowerment hour where yes. people can get that coaching from you and get their specific needs and examples and situations addressed in their family. So if you feel like your kids are <laughs> ruining your life and take uh, really sort of taken over and causing you stress, and I would highly recommend. But I know, Camilla, you're really happy for people to reach out to you and just even book like an introductory call just to see 
how you're able to help them. Is that right? Yes, definitely. On my website, I've got a link so you can book in straight into my calendar and range a competition. Just give us, give us some details of your website there for those listeners. So it's keepingyourcoolparenting.com. I've also got a free download if you join in my mailing list, so you'll get more information that way as well. I love your emails. Your emails. Oh, thank yeah, you. They're so good. They always just give me little nuggets and remind me. And I love your personal stories that you share. Oh, thank you. Yes. And I think really living it. I think that's the thing is like, is completely changing my family and just knowing that this way works. And it's so much simpler because you don't have to fix the kids or make the kids happy and you can still get what you want. Yeah. So if you've got value from this today, tell your friends, let them know about Camilla, book your introductory call with her I know it's like no obligation just an easy chat and then if you want to take that on to one-to-one coaching to support you and your family right now uh, but tell everyone about the language of listening tell them about Camilla and let's help all the stressed moms out there not be so stressed and know that there is a better way so thank you so much for joining us and sharing more about this today I'm so appreciative thank you so much Camilla thank you Thank you for listening to the Healthy and Thriving Career Mums podcast. For more resources to support you on your journey, visit my website, wendygriffith.co.uk. And please also come join our Facebook community, Healthy and Thriving Career Mums. This is a safe, no judgment space where we share and inspire each other. And if you got value from today's episode, I'd be so grateful if you would share this with other career moms who would benefit too, either through social media or leaving a five-star review. You can find me at Wendy Griffith Live Healthy on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, God bless, stay healthy and keep thriving.